I'm here at the Game Developers Conference in San Francisco, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Uh, hello, I'm uh, Johan Pilosat, and I'm uh, Game Director of Magica. Okay, and what is Magica exactly? Uh, Magica is an uh, action-adventure fantasy game uh, set in a really classical fantasy world uh, with a really unique uh, and uh, dynamic spell system. Okay, and what, what inspired the game? Uh, there are many sources of inspiration for the game. For example, uh, well, uh, other games we played during our childhood, like Gauntlet and, and uh, Street Fighter, Diablo, Guitar Hero was also one of the sources for, for inspiration. Okay. And so you decide to make this game. Um, what's the development process like, and what were some of the challenges you ran into as you were designing this game? Uh, well, since the... The uh, main idea of the game is to like have a really, really dynamic spell system which allows the player to to not only explore the game world but also explore the spellcasting system. Yeah. We, we, we really wanted to focus on, on making the spellcasting system as intuitive and as, as deep as possible. So for a first-time player it, it should be pretty logical. Uh, so for example, ca combining fire and water should logically combine, uh, create steam. Yeah. Uh, but also in, on uh, on a deeper level, for example, combining a shield element and an earth element creates a fire, uh, like a a barrier, an earth barrier, a stone sure. wall. If you add fire to that, uh, you will get a magma pit instead, like a moat with with lava. Okay. Uh, and if that's and if you cast water or cold upon that one, it will freeze to solid rock again. Okay. So, so the sh there are many challenges to uh, designing a system that's uh, really intuitive and also deep, and especially uh, like wrapping your head around all the eventualities that could uh, could uh, could occur, and which do. So, and and it has to be really really believable. You have to. Uh, if you think of an effect, it should work, or yeah. otherwise people will get disappointed. Um, you know, you talk about making the spell system deep. Did you just have a basic rule set and then try to figure out emergent properties, or did you have to hard code all the different spell combinations? Uh, and there, there are uh, lots of hard coding, hard coding going on, but uh, on top of that, we have we have this really dynamic system. So. Uh, the, the spell system is like branched into several different uh, properties. For example, if it's a projectile spell, uh, that could have lots of different properties. Okay. Uh, and, uh, and a blast effect uh, has a, a whole. Uh, uh, well, what do you call it? Uh, uh, yeah. Well, well, so it has so you, several different. So effects. there's several different dimensions that these spells can affect, and then each of these items or spells have certain factors in those different dimensions. Right. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and uh, all, all the damage has, has to be calculated depending on w which kind of effect you're doing and, and for yeah. example, splash effects and all that. And what were the challenges of balancing such a system and how did you do that? Uh, well, uh, that's one of the key things. We're, we're not interested in really make, balancing it and making all the spells Super balanced. Yeah. Instead, we want to uh, want people to like figure out that this spell should be really effective. For example, co uh, like water combined with or, like one arcane, it won't do a lot of damage and it will uh, well push enemies back. Uh, and if you instead add lots of arcane and and uh, only a little bit of water, that will do well 
pretty much damage and and and, not, uh, and soak the enemies, and that's about it. Uh, which is prob- uh, pretty much like the effect you get from steam. So it's just a preference uh, which of the elements you want to use. But of course, we can't like have an element which is overpowerful. So it's just a matter of checking to see that there aren't any spells that are totally useless and there aren't any that are super powerful. And were there any other challenges as you were developing this? Um, this is cooperative multiplayer, so did you run into any issues with that? Well, there are issues at uh, all times when you uh, create a cooperative gaming experience. Uh, for example, uh, as friendly fire is always on in the game, yeah. uh, the, uh, a game can be ruined by, by, by douchebags, or sure. whatever you like to call them. Sure. Uh, and we're, we're still looking into that, but the best... Uh, Solution and, and that we're looking at now is to just have have the play, players in the game uh, in a democratic way be able to kick and uh, control the game that way. And were there any other challenges? Have you did you think about do people have to be on the same computer to play cooperative multiplayer? Oh uh, no, you can do it online. Okay. Uh, but the game is really designed for for the couch experience. Sure. And and. Uh, we still don't want to eliminate those players that 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 can't well sit in a couch and play together. For example, like me and my brother, we live like, uh, yeah. uh, 800 kilometers away, and we still want to be able to play with each, uh, each other. Uh, and and uh, of course, we have to enable that. But that creates a lot of other problems. Like communication is a really important yeah. part of the game. Well, uh, okay. Uh, and, and but but the PC audience is really good at at finding third-party software that does. Uh, voice communication a lot better than we could ever do in, in a sh- such a tor- uh, short t- time frame that is our development period. And so, but some games are also using kind of asynchronous communication where it's kind of like you do something, kind of like these Facebook games or social games where one person does something like send an ingre- ingredient and another person can get it later. Is that something you guys consider, the asynchronous playing? or is that? Uh, not really. As the game is really action-intense and, and uh, uh, it's, it's really about what you're gonna do at this very moment? So, so everything has to be a really, really fluent, uh, fluid in, in the communication be- between computers. And we're using a, a mix of between TCP and and uh, uh, it's called U- UDP uh, and, uh, and rather network programmers. So. And you talked about the tight um, dev cycle. How long did you have to develop this? Uh, the game is actually uh, started out as a college project. Uh, which we created in 2D. It was like a prototype, and we submitted that to to Swedish Game Awards. It's kind of the Swedish equivalent of uh, the independent games festivals. Okay. Uh, and we won that competition with, with the awesome. 2D prototype, and that was like a real boost for us. And then we we really wanted to take it a step further, so we we tried to keep the the college studies and, and the game development uh, parallel. But eventually that didn't work out as yeah. game development is like more than full-time work and also the college studies are the same. Yeah. So we, we decided that we'd drop out of college and start a company without any money, without anything, sure. and just roll with it. And uh, well, we, we started like prototyping three, a 3D version which would be a little bit more accessible to, to casual and regular gamers. Yeah. And that's the version we got new new now okay and um what was the company you started uh the company is called arrowhead game studios and it's based on on the on the idea that 
gaming is a social ex uh, uh, social ex ex experience. Experience, yeah. Um, so the question is, is you know, you want to hit casual gamers. Why try to develop a 3D game? It seems like these 2D games are working more for the casual gamers, and even too much fantasy seems to turn casual gamers off. Yeah, uh, well, we like uh, we don't really want to attract the real, real uh, casual gaming crowd, but instead the casual gaming crowd that's a potential hardcore gamer, but they don't know about it, and and, and the fancy world is not. Uh, it's 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 sure sure it isn't a fancy world, but we make a lot of fun with fancy games and and, and we do references to all kind of pop culture. So uh, as as your wizards traveling through a green lush environment, you can still find references to like Star Trek and Star Wars and yeah. James Bond and all those different kind of movies that we we love during our our childhood and still do. And what's the user testing or user user response now to the games? Uh, the the users really respond well to the game and it works more or less exactly as we had had hoped. Or there are certain uh, certain really exciting uh, side, what do you call it, uh, side experiences that we had uh, with with uh, the players like forming, uh, taking an identity in the in the yeah. while playing. Sure. So so as every player has the exact same uh, well spells and and and, and arsenal, they they can. Uh, they still adopt different roles, like I'm the healer and I want to be the fire mage, even though they're not limited. And one player usually takes command of the group. And he's like, yeah, let's cast a shield and let's, let's charge up these spells and, uh, and you go right and I go left. So are you thinking of having distinct classes then in a future version of the game where people choose their role? No, I don't think... Uh, that's it, it, it kind of misses the point of the game, of, of just being able to to explore the the spell system uh, and uh, and uh, let you just play on on equal grounds and just being able to to become better at it for for as long as possible and then what's next in store either your future game or um, next in store for this game uh, that you can talk about yeah uh, well we're always looking at creating more unique experiences in in in, in the cooperative gaming area yeah. and we really want to provide players with good value for for as little money as possible sure. because that's what we want as yeah, gamers yeah. and um where do you see cooperative gaming going i mean you have competitive gaming and you know cooperative is it's it's there you know some people are doing it you see some of these casual games where do you feel it's going well i think cooperative gaming is 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 the future at least for casual games sure. uh, and then the hardcore crowd is, is usually more competitive oriented but most players are actually casual gamers uh, and so, so I think cooperative gaming is is an extension like of watching a movie with a couple of friends and that's the same thing you're gonna get from games in a, in a couple of years just having a, having a couple of friends over playing a game instead of watching a movie okay and um, where can people find out more about this game? Uh, it's available on our uh, website. It's www.magica.se for okay. Sweden. And how do you spell Magica? Uh, it's M-A-G-I-C-K-A. Okay. Thank you very much.